Good morning. I'd like to wish you a happy new year as well. It's great to uh, to begin the new year together as we as we worship the Lord. Great place to uh, to be uh, considering what he has in store for the coming year. Are you excited about the new year? You get optimism as you look to, to what's ahead, maybe as a church family or individually, uh, as your uh, personal family, there may be things that, uh, that you're looking forward to. Uh, did anybody get a calendar before 2017? Anybody get one? Anybody get? My, my brother gave me one, and it has pictures of cows exercising on it. <laughs> it's a Chick-fil-A calendar, and it does have coupons in it each month, so that's kind of a good thing. But I keep looking at thinking, where in the world can you put a a calendar of cows exercising. I just, I don't know if that's appropriate for my office or for the home or <laughs> where to put this. But, uh, you know, right now, nothing's been written into it yet. Uh, you know, just a, a whole, a whole year, Lord willing, right? A whole year of, of days, 365. And, uh, you know, there's going to be some days in this year that I, that I have a feeling are going to be a challenge. I don't know which ones. There'll be some days that are difficult. There may be some days where I'm sick. There may be some days where things are just going great and there's some special blessings or some opportunities, things that I didn't see coming. And, you know, we don't always know. We can, we can look ahead. We can, we can make plans. But I think the scriptures tell us that we, that we put our faith in the Lord because He's the one who holds the future. He's the one who knows. So as we look to 2017 together, I think we can look with, uh, with optimism and with enthusiasm. I certainly know we can look unto the Lord knowing that he holds the future in his hands. At the beginning of, we as a church family are at the beginning of something very exciting. As we see our church in West County coming together, we have a, a new opportunity that is before us. A new season of ministry. And uh, the Lord is about to begin writing uh, those details. We don't even know what they'll look like yet. But uh, we, we can see what he has done that brought us to this point. We could see how he worked in, in both congregations and even the timing in which he was preparing both congregations for, for, for a decision. And, uh, and I have a feeling that God's not done working yet, that he is just beginning to unfold for us what he has in store. I know there'll be some challenges, there'll be some hurdles, but I also think that very soon we'll begin seeing the power of partnership as uh, God does more through us as one body than separate. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 says, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. An encouragement for us in the new year that God did indeed begin a new work, a new work in us, a new work in our congregation. And uh, we can see that he will continue to bring that about in the coming days. He's continuing his work of the gospel among us and through us. And we want to give him the glory in 2017 as we see what he has in store. New chapters in life can be exciting. Uh, sometimes they can they can bring about a little bit of uncertainty as well. And one thing that, that I've uh, learned through the process of, of the two churches coming together is that that uh, that we that we we respond to change differently, don't we? I, I think there's some people that they uh, they 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 are so eager for for change that whatever the change is, they're ready to embrace it. And there are some that that are that are hesitant to change and 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 uh, by nature tend to resist change. But we know that we have a sovereign God. And that he has held the past of the congregation. And as I said a moment ago, we can be confident that he holds the future as well. 
So I'd like for us to, uh, to turn to Ephesians 5 this morning and uh, look at a text that I think will be uh, important for us as we consider the new year. I think it has application for us uh, as a church family as we, as we think about our calling and to see that the Word of God speaks uh, to us together. Uh, but I also think it has some individual uh, application as well. And so, uh, so we'll look at, uh, at Ephesians 5. It's a, it's a, a, a book that was written uh, by Paul uh, to the church that was in the city of, of Ephesus. And this, of course, is in modern-day Turkey, the ancient city of Ephesus on, on the eastern, excuse me, on the western side of, of the country. It was a leading city in the time. Uh, had a, a, a fascinating library, and, and uh, even today the ruins of Ephesus there are in, in uh, uh, a condition where you can really see uh, what, is, uh, what, what, that, uh, what that town looked like. And so, uh, so Paul is writing to them, and he, he, he begins in his, in his book by, by just speaking about the gospel. And, I, of course, uh, chapter 2 is one that comes to mind of, 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 of salvation coming by grace through faith. So he's laying a framework as he, as he begins Ephesians. And then he goes in to speak about, about what a transformed life looks like. And as he continues into chapter 4, he speaks about unity within the church and seeing that that also has an application from a a life being transformed. And then as he goes into chapter 5, he continues the theme and speaks a lot about about application of the truth personally. And he says in verse 1, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And so he's, he's laying out the idea that, 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 that we have an example, we have a model that's been given to us in Christ. And as, as, he, as he continues in chapter 5, he, he gives a contrast. And the contrast really happens in two ways. One, he, he speaks about the ways in which the world lives and thinks, and the way in which as imitators of God we are to live and think. And he even speaks about how at one time we were in the darkness, but now we are in the light of Christ. In fact, look at verse, at verse 8. He says, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. And so we see that, that chapter 5 is helping bring about this, this, uh, this description of what it looks like to imitate God, to live for Him. And in verses 15 through 17 is where we're going to land this morning. And, and we see in the context of, of what he's sharing in Ephesians that these are very practical words of application, words that certainly we could look to as a church in a new season of ministry, but also as a new year dawns. Ephesians 5, verse 15. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So let's make some observations this morning. The first one coming out of verse 15. And we see the word wisdom there, to pursue wisdom. He says to look carefully at how you walk. And, and there's that personal word there, your walk, my walk, that, that as we begin a brand new year, it's, 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 it's a passage that, that we can take to heart personally. Not just to think about 
how it could be applied to, uh, to, uh, to one of our children or to our spouse or to our neighbor, but how it could be applied to us individually. Looking and thinking about, about a life that's pursuing wisdom. Thinking about the direction of the life that I'm living. This, this idea of, of walking is, is, a, is a picture of life, a picture of, of moving forward. And so we see in verse 15, it says that we should use that we should use care, a careful way of living. It, it speaks of an examination or an investigation of something with great care. And that really makes sense, doesn't it? That we would want to 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 give great care to the way in which we live, because uh, what do we have in in life if, if, if we're not uh, considering our steps day by day? So life is so important and the time that we've been given is so valuable that we would want to examine it and investigate what it is that we're pouring our lives into. And that can that can speak about our about our time, can speak about our resources, our priorities. And we can we can understand their their worth or the uh, the, the, the wisdom that uh, that can be applied by by examining these things against the word of God. To say that that uh, that the word of God can help us measure this life, that we would use it as a standard, as a compass, as something that would that would uh, bring about the wisdom that we need as we make the careful examination of life. In fact, I think that uh, particularly for for the young people that are among us. And I'll, I'll see more of them in the next service, but I want to encourage them. And, and you can you can help me to encourage them to to, to look to the word of God young in, uh, in, 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 in life, to look to it and to hold to it, to, to esteem it in, in, in such a way that, that the Word of God would be the, the, the guiding uh, force behind the decisions that are made even at a young age. In fact, John writes in the book of First John, chapter 2, uh, the latter part of the verse says, I write to you, young men, because you are strong and the Word of God abides in you and you have overcome the evil one. And so I think we could look at a verse like that and say, young people, look at what the word of God can do when it's abiding within you. That if that is at the core of who you are, that it's highly valued, it's something that that is that is guiding your steps, that it will help you to overcome, to overcome the evil one, to overcome the age in which we live, to be able to to have a a foundation even as the waves crash against one's life. We know that the culture that we live in, would you say that it's changing? In fact, it's changing so fast, it's hard to even keep up with what all is happening, isn't it? But in a, in a changing culture, we should uh, remember that, that, uh, that as a church, that as followers of Christ, we hold to a word, to a standard that is unchanging. And that, that, it, that it is steadfast. Even if the values of the day in which we live are changing, it doesn't mean that God's values are changing. His word is certain. And it's something that as we think about wisdom must be placed alongside our lives to give guidance. In fact, if you look there at verse 15, he's saying, saying uh, he's giving the contrast there of, of, of living as one who is wise versus one who is unwise. And we can probably look to our own lives. I could give plenty of personal examples of unwise decisions that I've made. And uh, we can look around and see the examples of people who are living without wisdom. But the call is to, to seek wisdom, 
to pursue it and to allow that as it comes from the Lord to give guidance and to help us walk carefully. In fact, it's especially important during times of change, such as the one that we're in as a church family, that we would we would enter the change, that we would go through the time of change with his wisdom. In fact, Moses understood this. I was thinking about the, the instructions that he was giving uh, as, as, as Joshua was coming to lead the people of Israel. Moses uh, has a final opportunity to speak to the people whom he'd been leading for so long. And uh, they're coming in under, under Joshua's leadership, but Moses gives them some final words. And uh, these are important words. You have to think, if, if Moses has one last opportunity, what might he say to the people of Israel to encourage them in their time of transition as they go on to what God has next for them? Look at Deuteronomy 32. I'll begin in verse 44. So Moses came with Joshua, the son of Nun. Verse 45. Moses finished speaking all these words to all Israel. And he said to them, set your hearts on all the words which I, which I testify among you today, which you shall command your children to be careful to observe all the words of this law, for it is not a futile thing for you, because it is your life. And by this word, you shall prolong your days in the land, which you cross over the Jordan to possess." Now, do you think that that his admonition applies to us? Can you see those words and say that that as we cross into a new year or as we cross into to a to a a new season of ministry or as you look at, at your life or your your family situation, you see change on the horizon that you would do so with a recognition that the word of God is not a futile thing. But it is important to give guidance. In fact, he even says, it is your life. This is, these are the words of life. This is what will preserve you. This is what will guide you and guard you and help you. So hold to the word. Have a high view of the word of God. And that, of course, is something that I think is a call for us today as well. The implication in Ephesians 5.15 is to walk carefully to live carefully and to do so with wisdom we can see this as as we think about the work of the church we can think about the ministry to know that god's word isn't silent it gives us vision it gives us our mission it gives us guidance but even on an individual basis we see that that the word of god gives priorities it gives us our purpose it gives direction as we enter a new year and it may even be a be one of those times where it can it can help us uh, see that that there may be some refinement. There may need to be some some change of direction take place in different aspects of our lives. And so I think that's one one uh, uh, great thing about about having having a new year and a new opportunity. Let's look at the second uh, point this morning. And that is to seize opportunities. It says making the best use of the time because the days are evil. And so. Even as we see verse 15 talk about wisdom, it flows right into verse 16 so that we would know how to use the time that's given to us. Now, when we think about time, oftentimes we're we're thinking about, you know, a day. We're thinking about an hour. We're thinking about an exact moment in time. And uh, is time not something that's important to the American? 
I mean, boy, we, we like to have our schedules, don't we? We like things to come and, and to come quickly, right? Um, not, not every culture in the world operates like, like we do in terms of time. You, you, you probably have seen examples of that. But, uh, uh, but we, we are a people that are, that are certainly oriented on time. In fact, it's helped some businesses do better when they take into consideration how much we value our time. Uh, in fact, I read that, that at one time Citibank was the number one lender in America. And they claim they got that to that point because they cut in half the number of days to approve a loan. And you can decide if you think that's a wise move or not. But in their business model, they made more, more loans because they did it more quickly. Uh, at one time, Domino's was the number one pizza uh, uh, distributor. They, uh, they had number one sales in pizza. And they, uh, they, they did, did so because they claimed they could make the delivery in 30 minutes or less. And at one time, would even would even uh, uh, guarantee that. The CEO of Domino's said, we don't sell pizza, we sell delivery. And uh, have you ever tasted a Domino's pizza? You think, yeah, (laughs) they're selling the delivery, right? (laughs) USA Today reports that Doctors Hospital in Detroit took a cue from Domino's Pizza. And uh, they guaranteed emergency room treatment, listen to this, in 20 minutes or it's free. So far, they were able to deliver on the promise and their business increased by 30%. But the bad news is the mortality rate grew 120%. So you can make the decision the next time you're in Detroit if that's the hospital that you want to go to. Time. That's how we look at time. Everything's measured, right? There's another way of viewing time. In fact, the Bible uses two words. Chronos is the, the word for a specific time. We use that word when we, when we speak of chronology. Well, there's also a word kairos, and it's better translated opportunity or a season of opportunity. Something that's here for the now, but may not be here forever. In fact, won't be. It's an opportunity to, to, that, that needs to be seized as it emerges, and then it goes away. And so as Paul writes these words, and he talks about the time, he's talking about a season of opportunity. That must be that must be uh, understood and something that must be seized. In fact, uh, when you think about this word kairos, it's, it's speaking about about something that is present only for a time and then will go away. And so as I think about this idea of an opportunity. What are your God given opportunities? As you look at 2017, your year is going to look different than mine. And your year is going to look different than someone sitting on the same row as you. What are the opportunities that God is laying out before you this year? What are some things that you are seeing? And oftentimes they deal with relationships with people. Sometimes they may they may deal with uh, with decisions that are that are made uh, regarding work or, or or other opportunities. But what do you see specific to you? What do we see specific to us as a church? Moving into a, a new season with the, the, the beginning of, 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 of this marriage, this merger coming together. What are the opportunities that we have is it, is it, is, is, as we think about getting to know more people that are part of our church family? Serving and caring and loving others. Putting, putting others' needs before our own. As we see collectively opportunities for ministry, mission, 
What will it look like as God gives us these opportunities to seize in the coming year? Verse 16 is telling us to not squander the time we're given. In fact, um, I came across a quote from, from a guy named Joe Robinson. He wrote a book called Don't Miss Your Life. I haven't read the book, but I, I got a couple quotes that, that, uh, that were, that were uh, from it. And this is what he said. Researchers have found the biggest regrets come not from what you do, but from what you didn't do. Isn't that an interesting way of looking at it? It's the course untaken. And he calls this the inaction effect. Looking back and saying, I sure wish that I had done this or that. I sure wish I seized that opportunity. He says that we as people are wired to not leave possible opportunities on the table. That we we are wired to pursue them. But why then do we fall prey to inactivity? And this is what he says. The next quote is this. Because we're wired with some other tendencies too. Fear, procrastination, cynicism, and prior disappointments. That those can all be factors to keep us from pursuing and seizing the opportunities that are at hand. So today is the beginning of a unique, and I would say a historic opportunity for us as a church family. Witnessing the Lord bringing back together two congregations separate for 23 years. Folks, this is really quite amazing. I've, I've even had some, some, some communication from people that were here years ago living in other other states, other cities, writing in saying, I, I remember growing up and being a part of, of what happened. And I just want to tell you from afar how, how good it makes me feel to hear and to see what is happening. So what is taking place is indeed God's hand at work. I already spoke to the timing of things to, to bring us to, to alignment so both churches were looking to the future. Both churches were, were in seasons of prayer separately about what to do next. And God did something that neither church was looking for. And he did all that to present a vision to us. He brought us to, to a point of decision. And I believe that he is just beginning to unfold what he has in store. It's going to be an exciting time as we see these opportunities. So we want to pursue wisdom. We want to seize opportunities and we want to seek God's will. Look at verse 17. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. A very similar thought from verse 15 when Paul was pleading for believers to, to, to not be foolish or unwise, but to instead understand the Lord's will. And again, we see the contrast of whether one is going to uh, be foolish and live apart from God's will or whether one's going to apply the wisdom and live in accordance to his will. And so that's that's what the uh, what the distinction is. Now, for me, as I as I'm as I'm looking into 2017, I'm doing so with a new prescription. I don't know if, if, if you, anyone's changed their prescription recently, but uh, but this time they gave me something that's called progressives. Has anybody had progressives? So that's why I'm kind of kind of moving back and forth as I'm up here talking to you, because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to adjust to this new prescription. It's strange, though, because progressives really don't mean that you're progressing. You get that, don't you? It's it's a fancy name for bifocals. 
And so so you can look out, you can look down, all of that, right? Without uh, without uh, uh, things being fuzzy as you read. But uh, that's just like the world, isn't it? To to take something in which you're deteriorating and then give you the word progressive, make it sound like you're advancing, right? I thought maybe I was doing good until they explained what this was going to look like. So anyway, what do we see here? Chapter 5 gives us the contrast speaking about God's will. And as soon as we talk about understanding or knowing the will of the Lord, what's one of the first things that comes to your mind? Is it that knowing God's will is a challenge? Is it that you're struggling with a particular decision to make and you're you're wrestling whether you should do this or do that? There are times that we get to a point of decision or we are going through an experience in life where we're trying to discern and understand where God is leading can be difficult. But I want to, 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 to say to you that I think that those are limited times. Those are, those are special occasions in which the, there's a, that struggle over the will of God. Because I think in general, what we're speaking of here in Ephesians is that the, the, the general will of God by which we're to live is, is, is something that has been made known. In fact, it ties in. It's what we've been talking about and thinking about the word of God, because God's word does uh, give us guidance on what his will is. But I think the hardest part about God's will, you know what that is? It's doing it right. We can we can open up verses and we can read what God is commanding or how he's guiding us with his principles. I think the hard part of God's will is putting those principles into practice because not all of them are easy right you, you start thinking about about the, the the way in which we're called to live and to be separate and to be uh, uh, kind and compassionate and, and holy and set apart from this world and you start thinking of of the the direction that he's given us and yes it's uh, it's not an easy life to live we know that god wants us to know him he wants us to love him meaning be committed to him he wants us to communicate with him, to pray, to hear him, to, to, to hear his word. We know that he wants us to serve others, to love our families. We know that part of God's will is for us to work hard, to live a life of, of salt and light. We know that he's called us to, to love our neighbors, to make disciples, to put the needs of others above our own needs. He wants us to demonstrate the fruit of the spirit. Forever wanting to start off the day and say, God, I want to do your will. Here's a good place to start. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You see, all of those things I just mentioned, they're part of God's will for your life and mine. And so, yes, at times... I agree. There are those specific instances where where God's will and in making a particular decision can be a struggle and it can take time. And there can be a process of of prayer and seeking counsel and seeking wisdom and so forth. But in general, God's will is known and he's told us what he wants us to do in this life and how he wants us to live it. So we want to be not only hearers of the word, but what does James admonish, admonish us to be doers of the word, not just hearers, but doers. I can remember several years ago hearing 
a, a story about a, a student who was taking a speech class. And uh, he was he was uh, he was giving a persuasive speech. Anybody ever give a persuasive speech in speech class? OK, a few of you all did. All right. So, you know what? You're, you're supposed to go in front of the class and you've got one thing you've got to convince the class about. Right. You've got to get them to agree. And so he has a persuasive speech and he's giving his speech on what is called the law of the pendulum. And so he uh, he comes up and and he he describes that that there is a scientific principle in play so that with a pendulum, if it goes and is released from a certain point when it is let go, it goes across and it comes back, but that it will not go above its point of release. And he, he, he puts a chart up. In fact, I don't know if it looked exactly like this one, but, but I'm sure there's some here that can explain the law of the, the, the uh, pendulum from a, from a scientific way. But he's, he's spending all this time to share with the class. In fact, he even takes a, a children's uh, yo-yo with a, uh, with a string and he, he puts it up on the board. And he, and he takes the, 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 the yo-yo part and he, he pulls it back and he, he makes a, a mark on the, on the board and he releases it and it goes across and it comes back and then he makes another mark on how far back it comes. And he does this process several times until it comes to the state of equilibrium. And so then, then he's done with his presentation. He asks the class, how many of you all here believe in the law of the pendulum? And every single person, including the professor, raised their hand. And so they gave him a hand and the professor's coming up. and He says, no, wait, I'm not done yet. He says, let's let's all go over to the next room. And they they went into this room and there was this 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 big ceiling. And and uh, there was this 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 massive amount of weight that had been that had been uh, uh, placed in a harness of parachute cord to a beam. And it was about 200 pounds of weight. And and inside the room, there was a there was a table. And on top of the table, there was a chair. Right up against the wall. And he asked the professor, he said, would you come up and sit here in the chair? And so he helped him get up in the chair. And, uh, and, he, and you can tell which way this is going. He, he pushes the weight and it gets almost to the touch to touch the, uh, the professor's nose. Just almost there. And he, and he looked at the professor in the eyes and said, sir, do you believe the law of the pendulum? And this guy's just sweating profusely. <laughs> and he says, yeah, yeah, I believe. <laughs> and so, he, you know what he does? He lets go of the pendulum. It makes this swishing sound as it goes all the way across to the other side. It comes to a point of, of rest. Then it goes back the other way. And just as it's heading back to the professor, you can guess what he does. He, he jumps off of the table and uh, gets out of the way as the thing comes back. And, and as the, as the uh, pendulum is swishing, he, he asks his, the, the class, he says, now, does the professor really believe in the law of the pendulum? And and the whole class said, no, no, the professor doesn't believe. Why? Because of his action. So 2017, we can give words. We can give statements. We can make proclamations. We can even make resolutions. Anybody made some of those yet? Nobody's. Oh, come on. How many have already broken a New Year's resolution? That's what I want to know. All right. Thank you for your honesty. Okay. Um, well, we want to look at a season of ministry, we want to look at a new year seeking the blessing of God. We want to be people that put faith into action, pursuing daily his wisdom, his will, and even pursuing the opportunities that he puts before us. Part of the history of this church will be marked, listen to me, by what unfolds in the coming weeks and months. 
Very critical time for us as a church family. Staying together, connecting, helping, assisting one another, giving uh, patience and grace one to another as we, as we go through transition. But it's all possible. It's all very possible by God's strength and by His help. But it's a time for us to press ahead. To be thankful for what we've received, but look forward to what he has in store for us. So I want to close this morning with Galatians 6, 9. A passage that that I think is uh, applicable for us as we wrap up one year and look to another. It says, and let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not, what does it say? Lose heart. You pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for the opportunity that we have today to be here together to worship you, to look to you for guidance and wisdom, to look to your your sure and certain word as something that gives us uh, wisdom for the days ahead. And God, we don't take it lightly. We see it as is, is, is so important to our lives to to live and to and to, to walk in a manner that is consistent with the word and the instruction you've given to us. So, Father, we pray that you will help us by your spirit to put into practice the things that we've spoken of and read about today. God, may we be a distinct people in our community, uh, both people of of grace who are who are loving and and caring for those around us. But may we also be distinct in, in in the ways in which we live, the choices that we make, the values and standards that we hold to. God, may we... Be people of influence and not be influenced by the changing culture which is around us. God, we thank you for one another. And as we begin a new year, we thank you for for our church family and for what you have in store as as uh, as we come together with the people of, of, of West County. We pray that that our that our church family will will care and support one another as we have so many new opportunities that are, that are ahead. And we pray that you'll give us wisdom to see them. And give us the strength, Father, to, uh, uh, to put into practice and to put into action uh, these, these, uh, uh, these directions in which you're calling us. Father, we thank you that, that we can begin a new year worshiping you. And we even do so today by giving back. And we pray, Lord, that you will bless what's given. We thank you for the generosity of, of this church family. And uh, even thinking of, of last year and, and all that, uh, that was provided through the, through the sacrifice and faithfulness of this church family. And we pray, Lord, that, that you will take it, that you will receive it and use it. That you will help us to be good stewards of, of ministry opportunity in the coming days. And that, Lord, your name would be glorified in our community and around this world. For we pray this in Christ's name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen.